When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn of Cobras and Fire. I'm Luce Cannon, along with Baco, and we've got another great show for you. This time, we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, including, but not limited to, a concert review of a recent Alice in Chains concert, an in-depth discussion about the band's history in general. We'll be touching on Eddie Trunk's incredible second career opening for bands at casinos, Baco witnessing Corey Taylor and his maggot followers destroy a Barnes & Noble, and most importantly, we will be giving you just a little bit of info, a little tease on a original high concept KISS talk show project that will be coming out in the next couple weeks. You definitely want to stick around for that. That's at the end of the episode. Before we get into all that, though, I want to give some shout outs to our recent Cobras on Fire. What are Cobras on Fire? Well, first, the theme song. Cobras on Fire are our supporters of our podcast. And this week, we want to give some recognition to a couple individuals that have had conversations on our Facebook page, our Cobras and Fire Facebook page. And both of these individuals have introduced us to some new bands. So that's that's what we want to do for you. And in turn, we love it when we, we discover new bands on our end, too. So Ivan Galasic. And The Meister. Those are our two supporters, our Cobras and Fire of the Week. Thank you for listening to the show and, and just sharing the information out there. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Today we'll be featuring music from Alice in Chains, Diamonds, 
Eclipse, and a perfect way to kick off the show because it combines two subjects we're talking about today, Corey Taylor and Allison Chains, is a cover of We Die Young by Stone Sour. Okay, Baco. So, as you were in the last two and a half months bathed in the uh, the, the beauty of rock, I have been going through an, 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 a terrible drought, and I finally, smell like it too, by the way. Yes, and I finally my 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 thirst was quenched on Tuesday when I was able to see Allison Chains at the Hard Rock Live in Hollywood, Florida, which is basically Fort Lauderdale. I got a quick question for sure, you because sure. I'm a little conflicted with the. The current formation, um, because I it, it, Lane Staley was so important to their sound. Yep. Yet it's really not anybody's fault that he's uh, that's in the band currently. Right. Uh, that he's not around. Um, and I think they do a pretty goddamn solid job, but it's it's difficult for me. Sure. I really I thought that black gives way to blue. Is that what it was called? Yeah, that one I wasn't uh, did uh, not sell me on ever seeing them live because I did not myself personally I was not a fan of that album except for check 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 my brain and uh, your decision. I like those two songs, but the rest of it kind of was 
for me, was all over the place. Well, well I would actually probably more into seeing them live than listening to the new records, even with that. But um, Sure. So, so you're okay with it, it sounds like. I am, I am. It, well, the reason I am is, that, well... Uh, I've seen. I saw some live clips on whatever. Uh, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I know where I was going with this. Go ahead. Oh, uh, they brought in William Duvall. Correct. And then they then they do these. I haven't heard as much of the new record, but uh, I know on that Black Gives Way to Blue, it really is basically Jerry Cantrell singing. And anytime William Duvall sings, it's as a harmony piece, and it, it doesn't seem like they're really letting it grow. Almost almost like they're. They're shielding him from being the next lane. Now, what, what I what I see is that you know what Allison Chains does is they take this the whole you know almost every single verse and chorus is sung in harmony with right with Cantrell. So it's like this just this flow, and he does a really good job without I guess seeming like he's trying to be. Lane Staley, like about uh, I think it was a year ago, year and a half ago, I saw him at, at a, a fest, the Sun Fest that come that, that, that comes down here, and and they killed it, man. They played it was a really short short set though, and it was pretty much kind of like your you know you pick up an Alice in Chains greatest hits, and that's what they played for for good reason. I mean that's they're at a fest, so I was like okay, I get to see a full show with them. And first off, uh, have you ever, is there like a casino near you that there's that there's, is it, <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Is, is there one that like like all the bands go to and it seats like yeah, like three actually. Okay. So, but do they that the hard actually rock... five? Okay. So the Hard Rock Casino by us though is yeah. There's a fucking Hollywood, Florida. Is that right? It's just a bullshit name for Fort Lauderdale. I mean, it's Thank just one you. one okay. one section of it. I at least you cleared that up for me. Yeah. There's no sign or anything like that, and uh, essentially, it's you know. <clears throat> The, but the actual venue, which I should mention to go into this, is if you took a stadium and shrunk it to a 5,500-seater, that's what it looked like. It's still three. Oh, three pretty f- cool. Yeah, it's still three stories high, um, you know, three levels, I should say. You got the floor, stage, regular. Oh, I saw your pictures. Not bad, oh, okay. actually. Yeah, so that we were like a, randomly a buddy of mine's massive fan. He um, got like 10th row, and so we had great seats. But what's funny about this venue, and that's why I was asking about the casino thing, is every single show I've seen there never has an opener. So it's a very odd thing. Like you, if you get to the show and it says doors open at 7.30 and it says 8 o'clock, that band plays at 8.15. No opener. So there's not even a local band. So I saw, oh. I saw uh, Alice Cooper there. I've seen... Kiss has gone through there at one point. I've seen countless shows. I, I, I've probably seen like like ten or twelve shows there, and they got everything, but from big acts to to medium acts and everything like that that go through there. But also, it's the weirdest thing not seeing a band. I mean, what's the last time you saw a band just like hit the stage eight fifteen no opener? Uh, not at a club. Boy, I not even at a club. I can't think of one. Um, oh, you know what, Corey Taylor. Okay. But that was, it's a weird storyteller, book-selling, acoustic deal. It wasn't really what you're talking about. Right. You know? So so again, it, it's just an odd thing. And the thing that's even more frustrating about it is even if bands have an opening act on their tour, that opening act will disappear. For example, I'm not a big White Snake fan at all. But they happened to play the week before. And the only reason I was half interested in going 
to see them is the Dead Daisies, where they're opening act all through Florida. So, so it's like a, a it's like a casino policy. I don't think it's a casino policy. I think it's called a. We don't have to do it, and we don't have to pay for the band there. And I, I think maybe they just want people to go watch go watch the show for an hour and a half and get the hell back to gambling. I don't know. Well, um, that sounds like a casino policy, right? Maybe so, but it's but it's. It's just a very odd uh, thing. That would suck. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, fuck Whitesnake, but the dead days. Okay, so now that I've told you that, and you're a band that's hitting the stage at 8.15, how long are you going to play? Well, I would hope two hours. But nope. I'm guessing you're going to head somewhere south of 90 minutes. <laughs> right south of 90 minutes. So when I saw Alice in Chains play at that fest, they played maybe an hour and change. This time, <clears throat> they, they first off, the show was great. I'll tell you that the sound was perfect. They came out. They opened with "Bleed the Freak." What that is, by the way, one of the good things about these casinos. Yeah, is that they are built for sound. They are dialed in. They don't do anything on the cheap when it comes to that. Nope. They want you to like it. And I've never seen a band sound bad at a casino. Oh man, you talk about perfect. You could hear from the first note too. By yeah, the for way. the first note, you could hear that the the vocals were the right level. You could hear the bass perfectly. Everything was in it, it was there was no wall of of sludge or anything like that. And they when they 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 opened with Bleed the Freak. They played Rare Cuts, um, the, the one that I'm going to feature here on the show. But you know, I'm not going to go through the set list. Just you know, just they played 18 tracks. But the thing about Alice in Chains, have you ever seen them live? Like even with Lane. Yeah, you know what? I saw them open for Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax on their first album tour on the Clash of the Titans. That's awesome, because I saw something almost close to that. I saw them open for Van Halen on their Fuck tour. Yeah, that was right after that. But you know, you realize that was back in the day where that didn't seem weird before the the, the world told us that everything needs to be put in these different little boxes. Like I saw, I actually like, on the Clash of the Titans one, it did seem weird because they hadn't broke yet for one thing, um, and they were the weird band that day. But they kicked ass. Uh, I didn't know them, right? Um, but I, I I remember the show very much. Lane was uh, very. It's, I mean, I can actually visualize them at the because it was outdoor too. It, it was rare to have an outdoor show in Minnesota at that time. So, yeah. So, point being is, I, I've seen him with Lane twice. I saw him the Van Halen, and actually saw him open for for Kiss in Louisville, where on their reunion tour, and that was nice. like one of their last tour, one of their last uh, concerts they ever did. Um, and anyway, so I've seen him a couple times, and this this was probably the best actually. actually. Uh, oh, I saw Malapalooza too. Jesus, I've seen them five times. Point being is, I saw, they they start at eight fifteen, no opening act. But there is there. I, but I, I take that back. There was an opening act. Eddie Trunk. Eddie. Oh, that's right. I was gonna ask you about that. Eddie Trunk was the fucking MC or whatever. Okay, not exactly an MC. Let me explain what's happened, which is the most bizarre thing. Every time you see any kind of hard rock concert, there doesn't matter who they are. Uh, I don't know if he has a deal with a casino or something or if he passes it off as an expense to that metal show. <laughs> but but he I'm not kidding you. He shows up every time and says like welcome to, you know, Hollywood, Florida. What's going on? This is Eddie Trunk from that metal show. You know, here you're about to get your ass rocked by XYZ band. And by the way, I will be signing my book, whatever version it is in yeah. the the bar right afterwards. And, and there's Rob, one thing you all need to know. <laughs> yeah, right. He just does, he does his thing, and uh, he takes off. And 
you know, I, I I'm not an Eddie Trunk hater. I, I I've, I've no, I'm I've not dis- either. My I've wife been, is, but I'm right. Not. I've been disillusioned by him because he I, he kind of brought me into a lot of different uh, older bands I wasn't aware of. Oh, I forgot. And he also said, uh, and by the way, uh, you should all buy the UFO back catalog um, as well. <laughs> And, and they I, are hard rock and, and close enough to heavy metal for us to talk about on that metal show. Yes, and, and UFO is the greatest band of all time. Good night, everyone! Yeah, that's pretty much what he, what he did. But My uh, wife wants to make a shirt that says, Nobody asked you any trunk, and I'm not <laughs> kidding at all. I, I don't understand his obsession with UFO. But anyway, so the, the point being is he does this, and every time, at first I'm like, and this has dwindled over the years, but first off, I'm like, how is he here every show? He flies. He's from he's from Jersey, so he must is he either he has a timeshare or he comes down there for that specific night and he sells just enough books for it to be profitable for him, or he uh, interviews the bands maybe right after the show or, or before the show, I should say. To I think he's on. hired by the the casino to do what? To do exactly what you talked about to add some credibility to the event, um, because otherwise he would be probably more shilly. There's no way he sells enough books to make it worth his while to get down there because there's bookstores down there that sell his fucking books. Right, exactly. So I don't know what it is, but he's, he's always, I just, think, I just think it's amusing that every time I'm like, there he is again, Eddie Trunk. But every time I'm done with it, I don't think it works to his advantage, but because by the time I'm done with the show, I've had enough beers and I'm having fun that I completely forget yeah. the hell that he's selling books at the casino I leave. Yeah. I, I don't go there. He should be there at the end. Like, hey, remember me? Now go to there. So anyway, with that said... They killed it. Played a great mix, uh, little little like eighteen tracks. But again, all bands. Oh, so it was like it was a good long show then. No, no, it was, that's what I'm saying. Is that, well, it was they played eighteen tracks, but they played it in like an hour and twenty minutes and change because they don't speak. They just oh, get they hammered through it. They hammered through it. They do that. I like that. I kind of do. I kind of do. And there's no bullshit. Like let me hear you people over and over again. That's all good. But my god, yeah, fuck if the it's, drum if it's solo. 8:15, no, none of that. But it's eight. It's eight fifteen. You look at your your clock. It's nine forty. There's no opening act. There's just something about like. And I was like, man, that seems short. So I went on setlist.fm because I am insane, and I looked at every other place that they went to, and all the other places they played twenty one songs, twenty two songs. You know, things like that. And I'm like, all bands hate South Florida. They do. They they every time I see a band down here, they always I'm like, it took too long to get down here, and we gotta get the fuck out. So what I wanted to feature today is is they actually featured some you know some random deep cuts and everything. And one of them that they didn't play that I noticed that I was oh my oh it would have been awesome is that that for the first time since and it says that on set list because they have all the stats since 1991 they played Sunshine. Like, oh, you know, that would have been great, right? I mean, come on! Like facelift, actually, over time, dirt has gone from at the when I was when I was like nineteen ninety two. I thought it was their their best album, and for me, I think facelift overall is my favorite from from start to finish. It's more it has more upbeat, fun kind of fun for them kind of wow. tracks. Yeah, that's never it's thought hard, about it. It's hard to to pick that, but but if I were to take actually their best two, what I really consider that's Alice in Chains so best. Two albums is if you took some of Sap and took some of of like one or two tracks away from Facelift, and then same with with uh, with Jar of Flies. If you uh, there's a couple of tracks I could do with that on Dirt, and if you took those out and just threw a couple of Jar of Flies on it, because it's such a weird thing they did where they did a hard rock and acoustic, a hard rock and acoustic. Very rare do you ever see that. That happen. was the cool thing about the time, though. Yeah, true. We're about the same age. You remember how that was, though? I mean, it was it was pretty amazing. Right, and point being is they played "It Ain't Like That." Out of uh, I don't think I've ever seen them play that live. 
So they, they threw that out there, and it just absolutely killed.
So why don't you, of all the concerts you've been to, I kind of want to just kind of hand it over to you, and because you, you definitely had more of the uh, experience rock-wise in, the, in their in our absence. So, what was one of the shows you want to mention first? You went you went to well, a ton, so it doesn't matter to me. Just roll. Corey Taylor, I guess. Uh, if you, I know we're not uh, going to feature any music there, but um, it, could I quick just kind of tell that yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, break break it down, please. Well. I, I bought the tickets in advance, you know, basically he's playing this place called the turf club and it, and it's a, it's a really cool fucking club in St. Paul. But, um, to give you the, the idea of like what I'm thinking of, I've actually played this club. That's how like kind of low key it is. Um, and I knew that there's no way tickets were going to last very long with this and they're only 25 bucks. So I bought tickets right away. Was this the acoustic? Yep. yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, Like it's kind of part of his book tour deal. And I was able to get an advanced copy of the book, so it kind of—I did a book review and then and then did a review of the show for Decibel Geek. Anyway, uh, he was also doing a book signing earlier in the day at a Barnes and Noble, and uh, really more out of curiosity because you know I've been—you know what a Barnes and Noble is like. It's <laughs> yeah, I can't there isn't imagine. really uh, an area to set up uh, Corey Taylor with all of his little maggot followers, right? Right, right. <clears throat> So I had to go look, and uh, and you know, I, also I was trying to get a pro, a photo pass for the day, um, and I ended up accomplishing uh, that as well. But uh, when I was there, you know, it's exactly what you think it is. It's it's basically like four hundred people shoved in the aisles of all these books, <laughs> and it's like almost a, they have like a spot for Corey in about twenty chairs, and then all these people just glommed in as close as they can, and it's like. You know, if if you were there to like look for like you know some like I don't know uh, certain presidential autobiography or whatever section like yeah. maybe some uh, you know gardening books or cookbooks, you're kind of out of luck if it was in the area anywhere near because they showed up. But uh, right, you're fucking terrified. You're like, what has uh, happened? Yeah. What, ha- what has happened to my little my little store of books? And and I knew it was going to be cool because when we got there, we had to park like about two city blocks away. In Pier One's part, or uh, not Crate and Barrels parking lot, I think it was, and so and you know that had to be much to their dismay, like right. watching all these pale skin black T-shirt people fill their parking lot and funnel over to Barnes and Noble. So that was cool. And then we do the show, and uh, like I said, this place isn't very big, um, and it's of course packed, and it's super hot, and they have no fucking air conditioning. It was like an 89, 90 degree day. And at, towards the end of the night, like, I'm literally just doused in sweat. And my wife and I are in an area that's not exactly, we're not elbow to elbow with anybody, but it's just super hot. And I'm looking, I'm not seeing people filter out of the the pit area. And uh, sure enough, somebody does. And they're like, clear it out, clear it out. And it's a guy carrying a woman, like, by the armpits and dragging her backwards. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, there's our first one. And Luz, I'm not kidding you. This woman was maybe 70 years old or up. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. What the fuck are you doing? I, way up there. And I, I love shit night. I don't know. I, just, I hope she was okay. I mean, I, I didn't hear anything about anybody dying or anything like that. But because she was not like moving, they, you know, she, her eyes were closed. So. She probably I, I, got lost at, in the uh, like the gardening section of Bards and Nobles and ended up at that show. 
and dragged her all the way. Well, if you knew how far away Dinah was from St. Paul, that's a hell of a for her. But uh, yeah, it uh, it was it, it was a lot of fun, you know. It was really cool, and then seeing this old bat, and I'm like, Jesus fuck, woman, you are hardcore. I mean, you you are willing to do something I'm not willing to do. I'm gonna be a major fucking flame out at your age. <laughs> well, what uh, I saw that set list that he did, it's looked pretty cool. Like, has he ever recorded? I know he did that covers album recently with uh, Stone Sour, but has he ever recorded some of those, like he was playing everything from The Cure to uh, just random You know, I'm, I'm not to my knowledge, uh, he did play one of the one of the songs he, he mentioned was out of that uh, straight out of Burbank record. They the, the first of those EPs of covers they're releasing, but um, I can't remember which one it was. Sounded good, though? Yeah, it sounded really cool. And actually, you know, for me, I like that kind of stuff. A little different than what you normally get. I, I've been to so many fucking shows in my life, I really don't need the, the typical show all the time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I liked it. It was a little different. Whoa! Grandma's caught in a mosh. Baco's endless concert adventures never cease to amaze. Another great story. But before we move on to the next topic, we want to play some great new music. And it's from a band called Diamonds. They are a little bit like the Donnas and a whole bunch of kick-ass. It's got a breakdown in the middle that reminds me of Cheap Sunglasses, ZZ Top. And we'll just get right to it. They were introduced to us by the Meister, a fellow Cobras on Fire mentioned earlier. So here it is with the song Little Miss.
ratings whores, we know that the top-rated episodes that we've done thus far have been Kiss-related. We have uh, named some of those shows in the past, Baco. Well, your wonderful interview with Bruce Kulich certainly comes to mind. Unbelievable. And one of the uh, early uh, episodes of, with uh, the two of us was the good good songs off a of bad albums episode. Correct. Yeah, that was actually the, the, did the I name in that right? Yeah. Well, yeah, like uh, great great songs from albums that suck or whatever from Kiss. Okay. Yeah. Right. But basically, that was the first episode we ever did. And we have, and f- yep. for those coming to the show the first time, we have around, I think, 13 episodes in the archives now. So check those out. But those are definitely our highest rated rated ones. So in that theme, you know, in keeping with original content and thought, we were thinking about coming out with a just, you know, maybe we'll do these here and there. But the theme is to have three people, you know, obviously there's two of us and we need a third, three people debating about certain subjects about KISS. Kind of like... Kind of like a, a group of guys would, you know, waiting outside a ho- homeless shelter. <laughs> right. Three guys outside of a homeless sh- shelter <laughs> bantering about the minutia of, uh, of Kiss. That's kind of the theme of it. And because of that, you know, we're, we're going to call it three sides of a shilling. So it's essentially going to be, you know, three sides of a shilling to choose from. Isn't that how it goes, that song? Yeah, I think... And I'm pretty sure those are the lyrics. <laughs> I, I might have actually got that better than Ace. But so in general, that's the kind of the idea. And, you know, we can just kind of just work this out right now. But the thought process was, you know, our ratings are huge on it. So, you know, we need a theme song. We would need a theme song from you. Would you be able to pull that off? Kind of like the Cobra's on fire theme song? Yeah, if that's as long as it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, just like that. 15 seconds. I mean... Yeah, can we make it 12? Sure. <laughs> 12, second, 12 seconds is good. And, I mean, but unlike the actual theme song, I mean, I'm telling you, I think people want to hear people debate among three people for a minimum of, not like our 45-minute shows we usually do, but don't you think we should do it for maybe close to hour and 45 minutes, two hours? What you need to understand is uh-huh. that people will listen when you're talking. So I say with that with that theory too. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Fuck I mean, it. Two hours, man. Two hours, but I say we also do it raw, uncut, uncalled for, no edits. Like if somebody knocks on the door, you fucking leave and you answer that door and you come back, right? Can I order a pizza while we're doing it? It doesn't matter. I say And then just, get up and pay for it and no, no, no. it'll just be part of the show. I think the show needs to be just raw. I'm talking about we get on the mic, we record it the same way as if you're to, to to record those three people outside of the homeless shelter, like you said, bantering. <laughs> so, so when you say raw, you don't mean raw as in like unhinged and uncensored. You mean raw as in like unedited. Completely unedited. <laughs> I'm talking about like... like. I think that's a great fucking idea! Do you know how much easier our jobs would be? Do you know how much time I spend in post trying to make ourselves sound... Relative, relatively sane and intelligent. What understand is how hard it is to edit stuff. Fuck yeah, it is. Forget editing. Let's. Help that, you know, but the only thing is, is that obviously there's just two of us. It's called three sides of a, of a shilling. So we need a third person, somebody that's obsessed about Kiss, that um, has been involved in possibly producing tribute albums, something of that probably, nature, out of their own. Someone smarter than us, too, probably. What about um, Mitch... Mitch LaFon? Oh, Mitch. Yeah, he'd be great. I mean, that was a cool I mean, world with heroes. Maybe reach out to him. I mean, the worst thing you can say is no. I mean, 
the only thing that I, that I fear about is if we take somebody on the podcast and then they decide to leave the podcast and start their own podcast. So as long as that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, uh, he's already got his own podcast that's better. Mitch LaFond one-on-one. Oh. What does he do on that one? Interviews people. It's actually, you know, like guests that we can't get. Hmm. Okay. So forget him. It was just an idea. All right. So maybe we don't get Mitch LaFond. Um, maybe we need somebody that's just completely obsessed with Kiss that's, that we could convince to, to get on there and just like, it doesn't matter. Just They're not embarrassed to, to, to do any of this. They just want to do it and they'll talk about anything. Maybe like somebody that's obsessed with Vinnie Vincent or fucking... Yes, um, like a, a big nerd. Yeah. Well, our boss at Decibel Geek... Uh, Sinzak? Yeah, well, he, he's into Vinny, I know. I don't know about Kiss so much. <laughs> he's way he, into Kiss. Are you fucking kidding me? But, but the, but he's thing about definitely that, a nerd. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, though, is that I, I'm i just not sure it's the best thing. You know, like... I'd hanging out, like, at a, at a bar with your boss. Yeah, you know, that, I'm that saying, sucks, like, if, don't but if, you, like, if yeah. you invite him... You know, obviously, both of us are very powerful in our in our... In our Real lives, the jobs that we have, and the worst thing is when your yes. your your underlings, your fucking underlings, say like, "Hey, you want to come to my party?" And then you kind of feel obligated. I just don't want him to feel that way. You know what I mean? Right, right. But he did do an interview on that um, that website. Podcasts are the best. Yeah. And he said, almost quote, basically, "I would love to be on that show, Cobras and Fire. Those guys are damn entertaining." Did we you are. See that? I, fuck yeah, we are. I did only because you shared it with me. Uh, apparently, I need to get out more. <laughs> but so that so I've got that. He was probably just doing that to be nice. You know what I mean? But oh, we gotta was, call him on it. Like that's, that's exactly right. So I think we come can on, on the on show, that. boss. That's right. <laughs> Suck so, it. So if we could get him on the show, would you would you do it? Do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Okay, so two hours unedited. I'll talk to any idiot. Right, you're doing it right now. <laughs> so there you have it. Part two of the return of Cobras and Fire. We can return no further. We are officially back. Since that recording was made, we reached out to Chris Senzak at Decibel Geek, and he accepted our invitation. So, that translates to this. Three sides of a shilling is on. It will come out in the next couple weeks, and it is an amazing, original, high-concept, never-done-before kiss talk show until next time we're going to leave you with some more new music it's a band called eclipse out of sweden of course that's where rock lives these days and we're going to feature their song breakdown enjoy and we'll see you in a couple weeks
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 